This month, our sermon series is Seasons Change, But God Doesn't. And I can tell you this, I'm in favor of the seasons changing. It's been hot and it's starting to cool down, and and I I, I appreciate that. I embrace that. I can't wait for uh, sweater weather, as they say. Last week, Pastor Dan, he opened up, and he was was talking about uh, his kids. His kids are getting bigger. All all of our kids are getting bigger, right? And when he was mentioning that, um, I was thinking about what my mom used to tell me when my kids were small, and that was, she would say, enjoy them. Enjoy them now that they're small, because they're not always going to be small. And uh, it's, to me, it seemed like they always were going to be small, right? And, and blinked, and next thing you know, they're, they're, all three of them are adults, and they're starting their uh, lives, their independence. And it's true that time does go by fast. It, it, uh, it, we're in September, and, and, and we think about how quickly the year has gone, and pretty soon we're going to be saying, I can't believe it's January 2023, because time does go by so quickly. It goes by fast. Einstein, Albert Einstein, he said this of time, time is relative. It's only worth depends on what we do as it is passing. And that's so true because we do realize uh, that time does go by so quickly. It, It moves fast. We all have the the same 24 hours in a day, and and it sometimes seems like uh, uh, there's not enough hours in the day to get your things done, right? Uh, You know, and that's what I want to talk about this evening. I've entitled this message, Timing is Everything. Timing is Everything. The book of Psalms, chapter 31, verses 14 through 15, it says, but as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God, and my times are in your hand. My times are in your hand. And what I've learned over these years of serving God, of, of, uh, of, of walking with the Lord and, 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 and trying to be in his will and trying to be in, in his perfect plan for my life is that I realize is that uh, God moves in his timing. God moves according to his plan. God moves according to his will. He, he doesn't move in our time frame. He, he doesn't act when we think he should be acting. He, he sometimes will stay silent when we think he should be saying something to us. Uh, it's because God is sovereign and his plan is, is always the best plan. And his timing is always the right timing. And God will move in and within our lives, but he does it uh, according to his timing. And that's why that when we find ourselves about to make a decision, that we not make them in haste, that we not make them rapidly without having thought about it, without having uh, sought God in prayer, maybe pastoral counsel, depending on the importance of the decision, that we don't make decisions in haste and that we wait on God and that we wait on the timing of God. God's timing is perfect. God's timing is perfect. It always is. We know that God created time. In the book of Genesis, uh, we read how God created the heavens and the earth, that God created light, uh, and he separated that light from darkness, and he called the light day, and he called the darkness night, and we see that God created time. God is outside of time. He's not limited by our time. 
He's eternal, the Bible says. He has no beginning. He has no end. In the book of Psalms, chapter 90, verses 1 and 2, it says, you, says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. In Revelations 1.8, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. And the idea of God knowing all, past, present, and future, it, it sometimes can, uh, we can get lost in that. It's, it's kind of beyond our comprehension. We think, uh, we, we think about this God that is outside of time. He's not restricted by the confines, confinements of time. And, and, and I tell you what, though, to know that God knows all, our past, our present, and our future, that's encouraging tonight. That's encouraging for you and I because he knows what we came out of. He knows what he's brought, of, brought us out of. He knows uh, the pains and the things that we've gone through in our lives and where he's brought us. He, he knows where we're at right now the things that we're wrestling with, the, the prayers that we've been praying, the, the dreams that we have. Uh, he knows where we're at, and he knows our future. He knows uh, the end of the story. He's written it. He knows, he knows exactly what he wants to do within our lives. He, he knows the plan and the course. Uh, the Bible says that our steps are ordered by the Lord. And so he knows where he's taken us. Nothing surprises him. Where we might find ourselves today, uh, whatever situation or circumstance, it doesn't take God by surprise. He knows exactly where we're at. Tanya, God is always on time. He's always on time. I heard even someone say it today. He's an on-time God. He's an on-time God. I think about hearing uh, testimonies of when People say that God met the need right on time. There was a, a testimony this past uh, um, Prayer Central, and uh, the, the sister was talking about uh, how um, there was a financial need in her life, and God came through. That God came through, and he met her need. He's been continuing to meet the need, and he's, and he's moving within her life. And then she even challenged uh, the congregation to trust and believe in God for whatever it is uh, that we might be praying and asking for. God is always on time in our lives. Uh, he met us right when we needed him to meet us. Uh, when it, if you think about your salvation, where you were at, and, and when, when God uh, revealed himself to you, where you came to that place where you recognized the need for a savior in your life, uh, where you were at, uh, you know, for some, uh, you were just at the rock bottom. For others, you were just living your life, and you, and you heard the gospel, and you responded to the gospel. For some of you, you've, you've been born and raised uh, in the things of God, and, and you've said, well, I've kind of always been serving God. But we all have those defining moments where, where, where Jesus makes himself known to us, where he reveals himself to us, and where we acknowledge him as Lord and Savior of our lives. Uh, I think about the woman at the well. That was God's perfect timing for her life. Here was uh, this woman that uh, she went to draw water, and there is Jesus waiting for her at the well, and, and he tells her, give me some of that drink, and they have a conversation, and, and here's this woman that had been searching for love. She had been searching for fulfillment. She had been searching for something that she couldn't find. And she was searching in man after man after man, relationship after relationship after relationship, and they all left her empty. 
And Jesus says, uh, if you draw from me, from me the well of living water, you'll never thirst again. And, and, and it was at that moment uh, when Jesus began to explain to her who he was and, and everything that she had been a part of, and she realized that she was talking to the Messiah. She was talking to the Lord. And she had this experience because that time, the, the timing of God was perfect for her because right where she didn't even expect it, but Jesus was waiting for her right then and right there. I think about the story of Lazarus. The timing of God was perfect for Lazarus. And if you know the story, Lazarus was dead, right? And you're saying, That's, how is that perfect timing? He had already passed. And you think of Mary and Martha. They had been praying for their brother, and they had been asking, Jesus, please come and see our brother Lazarus. He's dying. He's sick. And the Bible says that Jesus, he delayed he waited a few extra days. And when he finally arrived uh, there at the scene, the people were weeping and crying because Lazarus had already been dead for a few days. But that was the perfect timing of Jesus because he knew exactly what he wanted to do. And, and we go on to read the story where he removed the, the gravestone and he called Lazarus out of the dead and he came out and he took the grave clothes off of him and people saw a miracle take place. Uh, People saw a miracle transpire, and we think sometimes that we're praying for our loved ones, and nothing's happening. We're praying for our children, and nothing's taking place. We're praying for a parent, a, a spouse, a, someone that, we're, that God has laid on our heart, and we're praying for them, and we're praying for them, and nothing seems to take place. And we're thinking, Lord, why are you delaying? Why are you taking your time? God, they're at the end of their rope. God, what's taking place that, how come you're silent? But how many know that God hears those prayers? And more than you want them saved, God wants them saved. More than you want them touched, God wants them touched. But it's always according to his perfect timing. I think about my, uh, my, my late uncle. He's with the Lord now. And for years, he would be told about Jesus, and he would reject it. And I remember one year in particular... Uh, he was in TJ, and he was in some, he was in a bad spot, right? You know, and I'm thinking, well, maybe now he'll get saved. And so we took a drive down to Tijuana, and my mom, my aunt, myself, and I'm talking to him, and I says, I want to pray for you, Uncle. And, and, uh, and after I pray for you, uh, I'm going to ask you if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if you say yes, we'll pray. And if you say no, then I, I won't press the issue. I remember there we were, we were praying, and and you can feel the presence of God. He's crying. My mama's crying. My aunt's crying. I'm trying not to cry because I'm praying, but it was too late. I was crying, right? And, and I look at him, and I say, do you want to receive Jesus? And he looks at me, and he says, no. Oh, I was like, man. I felt like, like, Lord, Lord, why is he so hard towards you, you know? And uh, it wasn't God's timing. God wanted to do something in his life. And, and not that... Uh, let me rephrase that. Because when it comes to salvation, the Bible says today is the day, right? Today, today is the day that the Lord has made. Now is the time. But for us, we felt like God right now, and God was still doing something within his life. A few weeks later, he finds himself at a church, and he makes the altar call. And he was telling me that when he was making the altar call, it felt like a few minutes for him, a few moments. 
But in reality, it had been a couple of hours. The church service had ended. The lights were off. The pastor and the ushers were, were the only ones there with him. And thank God for that because they were sensitive to what God was doing. See, in God's perfect timing, he just didn't allow him to say a prayer because his family was crying for him. But he met him right where he was at, and he did a miracle within his life. And he broke those chains, and he broke those strongholds within his life. And so we think sometimes, God, you, my family member can't get saved. You know? And I want to tell you that he can or she can. And you might not be there to witness it, but God is faithful to his word, and he's faithful to his promises. When the Bible says, you and your household shall be saved. You know, God is faithful, and his, and his timing is always perfect when it comes to provision. The story in 1 Kings about the widow of Zarephath, her and her son, uh, they were there. They were in the midst of, drought, of a drought. The, the resources were low. They just had enough just to get by. And, and the prophet of God is sent to them. And he asked them for something to drink. And then he asked them for something to eat. And, and she's basically saying, this is all we have. And as soon as we're going to eat this, uh, we're just going to die. We're going to eat and we're going to die because there's nothing left. And the and the, the timing of God was perfect for her and her and her son and in their life and where they were. Because as they trusted God and they gave and they shared their last meal with the prophet of God, as they released what, all that they had, uh, God met their need. And they didn't die. And in fact, the, the provision was right on time and it kept coming and coming. And they were saw through that, that drought and that season that they were in. God's timing is always perfect perfect. Uh, you stay faithful in your giving. You stay faithful in your service. You stay faithful in releasing that tithe, uh, and you see how God will meet that need time and time again. Not because I said it, but because the Word of God said it, and because God's Word is true, and He's faithful. See, God's timing is also perfect when it comes to having our prayers answered. You know, Daniel, he had been praying the and, 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 and uh, he had received a vision, and this vision bothered him, and he began to pray, and he began to ask God for the interpretation of that vision. What does this mean? And it, and it bothered him, and, and he wasn't getting an answer right away. And the Bible says that for 21 days, three weeks, uh, he just uh, c committed himself to praying and fasting and asking God to bring an answer to that prayer. And in Daniel 10, verse 12, he says, uh, then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven, and I have come in answer to your prayer. And I believe that tonight there's, been, there's individuals here that you've been praying, and you've been praying, and you're like, Lord, are my prayers falling on deaf ears? And God is saying, Man, from the minute you opened your mouth, God has heard those prayers. From the minute you got down and began to intercede and began to ask God, he has heard those prayers. But spiritual warfare is real. And sometimes those, the, the, the enemy will try to hinder those prayers and try to fight and combat against the, you seeing those prayers come to pass. And God is saying, I've heard those prayers. They're not falling on deaf ears, but keep at it. Keep persistent. Keep plugging in. Keep praying and keep fasting until you see that come to pass. You might be in a place tonight where you, you, you're desperate for a healing. You're desperate to hear from God. 
You're desperate to just receive that extra word that's going to get you through the next day, the next week. You're in the right place. The woman with the issue of blood, 12 years the Bible says she had this issue of blood, and all the doctors and the medicine men and whoever she went to, none of them could help her. But she knew the timing of God, that Jesus was coming by, that Jesus was in the, in the area, and she knew that he might not be able to get to her, but she could get to him. And she knew her time was limited. She didn't have enough time, you know, for her to sit around and wait around, and even though she was sick, and, and maybe she didn't want to get up, and maybe she was tired. Because, I mean, when you're, when you're sick, you're tired, you just want to lay out and, and not do anything, right? Ring the bell and have someone bring you the soup and the tea, right? But she understood and recognized the timing of God, and so she went to where he was at. And she pushed through the crowd, and she pushed through the audience there, and she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. If I could just be where Jesus is, I can be healed. And God answered her prayer. She was healed. She was instantly healed at that moment. And I tell you this, that the timing of God is so crucial for our lives because sometimes just sitting at home isn't enough. Sometimes just being at home and saying, Lord, I want you to meet me here is it enough? Not to say that God can't. God will meet you anywhere. But I know when these doors are open, I know when these doors are open, whether it's Wednesday or, or Sunday or Friday for prayer or Thursday for prayer, that when these doors are open and the people of God are here gathering in one mind and one accord, I know that God is here. I know that the presence of God is here. I know that the Spirit of God is here. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. And the timing of God is perfect for you and I, that if we need something, if we're going through it, if we're struggling, if, if we're fighting a, that fight and we feel weary and tired, uh, when these doors are open, it's the timing of God for us to be here because God's going to speak to us. Uh, he's going to refresh us. He's going to renew our strength. Uh, but we got to get past the crowds, and we got to get past all the traffic and the nonsense that will try to slow our day down and keep us from coming into the presence of God. Someone said God's timing is perfect. It's never too early or too late, but always on time. Amen. And so what do we do while we're waiting on God? What do we do when we're in that, uh, that season where God has not answered our prayer? God hasn't brought it to pass. We're in that waiting process. I'll tell you what we do is we prepare. God uses time to prepare us. One of the challenging things we'll do in our walk with God is to learn how to wait on God. Because we often expect God to move within our time frame or move within our schedule or where we might have that sense of urgency and, we're, and we want God to move right away. And, and there's time where God will impress upon us that urgency and that prayer will come answered even before we're finished saying amen. But there's times where God is asking us to wait. And we feel like, well, you know, Lord, I've already waited three weeks. It's like Daniel. I've waited three years. I've waited this time, Lord. And, and surely the, the time that I've been waiting is, is, is sufficient enough. Uh, and it, and it might have been by maybe man's standards, but God's standard is not like our standards. His ways are not like our ways, the Bible says. God's time frame and, and him moving and doing something isn't, in a, isn't um, 
has nothing to do with our time frame. We live in uh, this generation where we want things quick. We want things fast. We're so used to, you know, not having to wait, but having that instant uh, uh, satisfaction, that instant gratification. And it seems like the more in a rush we are, the slower every, everyone or everything becomes around us, right? See, waiting, it will test our patience. It will expose just how impatient we really are. In the book of Psalms, chapter 90, verse 4, it says, For you, a thousand years are, a, are as a passing day, as brief as a few night hours. In 2 Peter, chapter 3, verse 8, he says, But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. See, God will put uh, desires in our hearts. He'll, put, he'll give us dreams. He'll, he'll, give us, he'll place a call upon our lives. He'll, he'll speak to us the promise uh, and the plan that he has uh, for our lives. And those dreams and those plans, those are good. And those are what we hold on to. And those are what we, we take and, and we hold them dear. And we allow those uh, promises to carry us through those times of difficulty and, and times of drought. But there's always that waiting process. There's always that season of preparation. And again, when we find ourselves in that season of preparation, when we find ourselves in that season of waiting, it's important that we remain where God has us, that we be still and wait on the Lord, that we not get impatient, begin to make decisions out of the, you know, the arm of the flesh. We don't begin to make decisions in haste. Because we grow impatient and, well, God's not moving and, and I'm, i got to get ahead here or else it might pass me by. So God is trying to teach us how to wait and how to be patient, how to trust and trust in him. Joseph, we know the story about Joseph. He was a young man, a teenager, and he was given a, um, a dream and, and this dream that God spoke to him and, and says, you're going to be in a place of authority. You're going to be a ruler and you're going to be in a place where people are going to come to you and, and uh, bow down to you. And, and the problem with Joseph uh, was that um, he was young and he was immature. And he wasn't in a position to receive that blessing. And he wasn't in a position to inherit uh, that, um, that position that God had promised him. He had to go through some things. He had to learn some things. And, and he learned how to, be, how to be disciplined when he was a servant in Potiphar's wife. He learned how to be a faithful steward. Uh, Potiphar's, Potiphar's house. I was thinking about the temptation. <laughs> that temptation that came against him, he learned that discipline. He learned how to be a faithful steward. He learned how to say, you know what, uh, I am serving not just man, but I'm serving God. And it was in prison where he learned that, uh, how to wait and how to be humble. And he learned how to just continue to trust in God. And so when he was finally brought to that place where the timing of God was now perfect for his life. And he was elevated out of this prison. Uh, and he was put in a place of, of, of authority. He can now serve God faithfully in that position. And he now, he had been through some things. He had gone through the waiting process. He had gone through this uh, time of preparation. And now he could be effective for the kingdom of God. And not only was he a blessing to Egypt, but he was a blessing to all the lands around him. 
blessing to his family, the very same family that sold him out. See, God, he, he speaks to our hearts, and he places these desires uh, and these promises in our hearts, uh, and he's saying, but if you trust me, and if you allow the process to take place in your life, I'll bring this to pass in your life. He promised Abraham. He promised Abraham that he would be the father of many nations, that his descendants would be like the stars in the sky or like the, the grains of, of, of sands in the beach. And the issue with Abraham and Sarah was that they were already advanced in their years. Sarah was barren. And it's not like they didn't have faith. They, they had faith. When, when God told Abraham, leave all that you know and, and, go, and, and go into a land that I prepared for you, Abraham, without hesitation, he went and did it. But it was in that waiting process that Abraham grew weary, that Sarah grew weary. And what they began to do is trust in the arm of the flesh. Well, if God doesn't bring this to pass, then maybe we have to do something about it. Uh, and what they did was they got themselves out of the will of God. They got themselves out of the will of God, and they began to lean on their own understanding. And the result uh, is that to this day, Abraham's descendants uh, still are having to deal with the issue that took place many years ago. We've got to learn how to wait on God. We've got to learn how to pursue God while we're waiting on God. See, delay isn't denial. While we're waiting, we learn how to cling to God. And while we're in that process, we learn how to get past the impatience and the frustration. And we learn how to draw closer to Christ. Our character is shaped and our character is molded and and I think above anything else as in that waiting process is that our relationship with Jesus becomes stronger and becomes closer and more intimate. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed but wants everyone to repent. In Psalms 27, verse 13 and 14, he says, Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness. While I'm here in the land of the living, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. I like this psalm because I can picture the psalmist telling himself, Wait on God. Be brave, be bold, be courageous, but wait on God. You ever have to preach to yourself? I'm kind of doing it right now. <laughs> right? Hold on. Don't give up. Press through. You got to tell yourself these things. You got to quote the word of God to yourself sometimes. Because it's in that waiting process where the enemy would want to come and begin to lie to you. God doesn't hear you. He's forgotten about you. Look at everybody else, and they've already received their blessing and their inheritance, and there you are. And you got to tell yourself, I'm waiting on God. I want the best. I'm waiting on God, man. I want the best from God has for me. And that's what the psalmist there was doing. Is he, was, he, was, he was ministering to himself, wait on God, and I'll wait patiently for him. He's reminding himself of what he has to do to see the blessings of God come to pass in his life. See, the prodigal son, the story about the prodigal son is he didn't want to wait. 
He, he knew he had a blessing coming. He knew he had an inheritance coming. And he didn't want to wait. And he said, told his father, I want it, and I want it right now. And he took that blessing. He took that, what the father had prepared for him. Because he didn't value it, he squandered it. The very thing that was supposed to be a blessing to him became a curse to him because he was out there just wasting it away. He had no value in what God had promised him or what the Father had promised him. And it's in the waiting process that we begin to value the things of God. We begin to value the promises of God that he has spoken to our lives. We value what God is doing because we know and understand uh, that this came at a price, uh, that you just, uh, it wasn't just given to you like no big deal, but you were there in prayer and in faithful service, uh, waiting patiently for God to bless uh, and to God to give you that which he had already promised you. I was reading while I was uh, preparing for this uh, devotional, and it was called The Five P's of Waiting. The Five P's of Waiting. And I like what the author of the devotion said. Is she said this. The purpose of the wait is to refine our motives. The test of the wait is to remove idols from the heart, to make God your ultimate desire. Instead of getting from God, learn to give to him. And ultimately, it's not about getting what we want, but about becoming who God wants us to be. And I think that perfectly sums it up, that while we're in that waiting process, it's not because we'll wait and say, all right, well, you know, I'm just going to wait until I get what's mine. But we begin to experience a change in our lives. We begin to see what, what really matters and what really is important to us. And at the end of the day, I think we can say is, God, I just want to be in your will. I just want to be in your will, Lord. And whatever you have for me, I'm blessed. Whether it's much or, or, or little, I'm blessed with what you give me because, Lord, I'm in your will. I know you, and, Lord, you know me. And it's that relationship that begins to be strengthened and fortified, and, and your motives begin to change, and you start realizing, man, I just want to serve God. I just want to be, I just want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servants. When we are waiting on God, though, it doesn't mean that we just become idle. It doesn't mean that we just isolate ourselves and um, lock ourselves up in our room and say, well, I'm going to wait until, until God opens that door. No, we, we, we continue to do what we've been called to do. I think sometimes when we say, like, wait, we maybe flash. I, I flash back to when my mom used to tell me, wait. <laughs> but there wasn't, like, no, how long, mom? <laughs> When can I get off punishment? Just wait, right? But we, we paint these pictures in our minds of maybe waiting in line, you know, and it, like at a bank, and it's like, man, when? There's one teller, and there's 10 people, and you're the 11th person, right? And you just kind of have this image of just kind of wasting time or at a red light, you know, you're, you're in a rush, and, and every single light uh, down Imperial Highway is just turning red. This is kind of what you're seeing, or, or when you're on the phone calling customer service, and they played that same song. Just, and we feel like waiting is such a waste of time. There's so many other things that I can be doing instead of here waiting here. I, I was listening on the radio that um, the 
Queen of England, she passed away. And right now there's a line, I think it's like five, maybe more miles, a line that's five miles long, maybe longer, to see the, queen, uh, the queen's um, casket. Ain't that crazy? That's, people are waiting for that, right? But the opposite is actually true, is that while we're waiting, we're not just sitting idle, and it's not a waste of time. What we're, while we, what we're doing while we're waiting is we're still serving, is we're faithfully at our posts, is, is we're coming in and we're still allowing ourselves to be used wherever it is that he has us at that moment. Uh, and we're given of our time and of our resources and, and of our talents. Uh, we're faithfully serving, faithfully studying, faithfully praying and fasting and faithfully seeking the mind of God. And being ready when he says, now is the time. Now is the time to move. I think about first responders, paramedics, and the fire department, and, and even our, our military, that uh, they have a saying, uh, hurry up and wait, right? Hurry up and wait. But often while it's in their waiting time, is that they're not just sitting idle, but they're preparing. They're either going through training or running drills, or conducting exercises, or preparing their equipment, because uh, inevitably that call is going to come in, or that green light is going to be given, and now it's time to go, and now it's time to move, and now it's time to no longer wait. Uh, but they've been called, and they've been called into action, and been called into duty, and there's times where God is saying, just wait, because when I open up those doors, you better be ready, and you better be ready to move, right? Because I tell you this, uh, you never know when God might put somebody in your path and God intends for you to minister to them. You never know when, when God might bring someone who's hurting into your life uh, and God wants you to begin to share the love of God with him. When they might come to you in the middle of the night, their phone is ringing because uh, they're, they have, they've exhausted all of their means and methods and they're like, I don't know what to do. And you want to be prepared. You want to be able to have the mind of God, the mind of Christ for that situation. You don't want to just tell them, well, pray about it. I'll talk to you in the morning. But you want to be able to minister effectively and efficiently to this individual because this is somebody God is bringing to you. And God is saying, you've been waiting to be used, and now I've opened the door. I want to use you, minister to this individual. They're hurting. They're lost. They're going through it. gentleman was in my office the other day and, and we were waiting uh, he was a contractor and he was waiting for his guys to show up and um, we started talking and uh, he told me he had cancer and uh, he was telling me about the um, the treatments he was going through and, and everything that was taking place and I said this is God man this is God that his crew showed up late and that we're in this office talking and the reason is is because uh, uh, my wife, uh, years back, had cancer and went through her treatments, and God healed her. And at that moment, I was able to share with him my wife's testimony, you know, and everything and the miracles that God did in her life. And then I asked this, this, this gentleman, I said, do you mind if I pray with you? And he was more than welcome. In fact, he even closed the door so nobody would listen. <laughs> but what I say is, is I, I was appreciative to God that... Um, I was able to be used by him to pray with this individual. And I thought, and I said, man, I'm glad that uh, uh, I was ready, right, to be able to pray with this individual. And I just say, hey, good luck, man. Hope everything works out. 
he needed more than that. He needed to know that there's a God in heaven that loves him and that wants to heal him and that if his eyes would turn to him, God could do and work that miracle. 2 Timothy 4.2 says, be ready in season and out of season. Uh, 1 Peter 3.15, it says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Uh, lastly, we want to move in the timing of God. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 Verses 1 through 8, it says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. There are certain events and opportunities that if we don't respond and if we don't act within that moment, then it's gone forever. We miss it, you know, or, or maybe till next season. You know, if you're running late, you know, and your train leaves at 8.01, if you get there at 802, you miss the train, right? And there's times where God is prompting us to saying, okay, the waiting time is over. Now it's time to move. And that urgency gets placed uh, in our lives to, to, to whatever it is that God has us to do, he's calling us to do. It gives us that prompting. You know, when you're driving and your check engine light comes on, that's a prompting that, from your vehicle that says, you better check this out and you better check this out quickly. And if you delay, and if you ignore those signals, if you ignore that little sign that comes on, uh, what might happen is it, instead of a little repair, you might end up you know, blowing the motor, right? And God's saying that there's times where the Holy Spirit is prompting you, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, saying, now is the time to move. Don't delay. Don't sit back, but get up and do it. Uh, take that step of faith. Uh, join that ministry. Take that step of faith, uh, you know, and, and allow yourself to be used uh, because God wants to, God blesses you in service. God blesses you as you labor. God blesses you as you give yourself uh, to the things of God, not as you hold back and not as you hoard, but as you release. And there's times where, where God is saying, now's the time. You've, you've, you've been here. You've been feeding graciously. Now it's the time for you to begin to feed others and serve others and give back. I think about the story of the ten virgins, right? Five wise and five foolish. And, 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 and here they were. They, they were waiting for the bridegroom for the wedding banquet, but the Bible says that he was taking his time. And so five wise virgins had oils for their lamps, and the five foolish ones said, well, we got time. He's delaying. We can do it at the last minute. That had that procrastination. And so what happened was the bridegroom came, and those that didn't have oil in their lamps, they got left behind. That door was shut on them. You know, and we understand and know that that parable is concerning the, uh, the return of the Lord, but it's also a message to you and I to be ready, to be in a state of readiness, to be in a state where, all right, God, whenever you say, let's do this. So how do we keep ourselves in that place of readiness? How do we know, how can we discern the timing of God? It's through the word of God. In the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 12, verse 32, it says, From the tribe of Ishkar, 
there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives, and all these men understood the signs of the times and knew the best course uh, for Israel to take. Daniel uh, chapter 9, verse 2, he says, In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures according to the word uh, of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last uh, 70 years. And he says, so I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition and fasting. See, Daniel and these uh, 200 uh, warriors uh, that David had with him, they understood the times that they were in, and they understood what was going on in, 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 their, in their time because they were in their word because they had been reading the word. Daniel had been reading the prophet Jeremiah, and he realized that this is an important time in Israel's history. And I tell you what, we have the same word of God. We have the same Holy Spirit. And when we open our word, we can read that we are in a very important, very crucial time in history where God, I believe, wants to do something in and through his church to reach this world. Matthew chapter 24, verse 36 to 39. He says, but about the day or the hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. And up to the day uh, Noah entered the ark, uh, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. And he says, and this is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. When we read our word, we recognize where our place in history right now. We recognize uh, that just like in the days of Noah, it's so how it is right now. And God used Noah. He told him, build an ark. Uh, build an ark because I'm bringing judgment into this world. Uh, and he didn't tell him when that judgment was going to come to pass, but he said, you just faithfully and steadily build that ark. And there was people that saw Noah building that ark, uh, and we're building arcs, church. We're building arcs for our homes, uh, for our families, for our loved ones. But you know what we're doing as we're serving God, as we're building our ark, as other people are seeing what's taking place in our lives, and they're saying, why are you this way? Why are you always so joyful? What is it about your life? And you can express in the love of Christ to them and let them know, you know what, in spite of everything that you see going on right now, there's a God in heaven who loves you, and there's hope, man. I remember uh, uh, I had a, a foreman, and I would read my Bible during lunch, and he would say, Manny, what you reading? And I would say, well, I'm reading uh, my little New Testament. Let me see that. And I gave him that chapter, Matthew 24, and he was reading it, and he goes, man, that sounds like everything that's taking place right now. God was speaking to him in just that little passage right there. We're able to express and we're able to show individuals uh, that, man, you don't have to worry about what the world and how it's going, and you don't have to worry about the wars and the rumors of wars. This stuff is going to happen, but if your faith is in Jesus, you can be secure. If your faith is in Christ, uh, you, can, you have that hope that the world can't take away from you. As our worship team comes up, uh, Jesus, uh, he wept over Jerusalem because they failed to recognize the time of God's visitation. And I would hate it be said of you and I that uh, we failed to recognize the time of God's visitation, that we failed to recognize the timing of God, that we failed to recognize what God is doing and how he wanted to do it in and through our lives, but that rather we would be open to that. And we would say, Lord, here we are. 
New Harvest Christian Church. We've been in this spot for over 40 years, and we're ready, God. We're ready for what you've given us. We're ready for the call. We're ready for the call to action. We're not done yet, God. Use us. We're ready to go. There is a story as I close about, it's, uh, it was in 1271, two merchants from uh, Venice, Italy by the name of Niccolo and Matteo Polo. They were the father and the uncle of Marco Polo, the famous explorer, right? And they were traveling the Silk Road, the road to, to China. Um, and they were visiting the Kublai Khan, which he, at that time he was the uh, ruler uh, of China. He was the Mongol ruler of that area. Of that area. And the story was saying that um, that uh, both Niccolo and Matteo were expressing the gospel message. They were telling this this Mongol leader about the message of Jesus Christ. And it says he was attracted to the story of Christianity. And he told them. You shall go to your high priest and tell him on my behalf to send me 100 skilled men in your religion. And he was telling them, and if you do this, I'll be baptized. And when I'm baptized, all of my barons and great men, they will be baptized. And their subjects will also receive their baptism too. He says, so there will be more Christians here in this area than in all of your parts. So here is a story where the two merchants, they're talking to this leader and he says, I'm receiving what you're telling me about the gospel. Bring us men, bring us a hundred of your, of your leaders who know the Lord, who know the word of God. And he says, and you'll see how many of us come to Christianity. It says, however, though, nothing was done for about 30 years. So maybe two or three missionaries were sent, but too few and too late. And the guy that was writing this story goes on to say, just imagine what the East might have looked like had these two individuals recognized the timing of God and recognized that it was at that moment, at that instant, that, that they didn't have to wait. The timing was there now. And they uh, squandered that opportunity. They squandered... Uh, that uh, that season to be able to go in to this area, this country, and I tell you, church, man, we 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 have an awesome, awesome mandate, you and I, and uh, and that's to be those faithful witnesses of Jesus Christ, to be those faithful examples, to be those faithful testimonies, and that when God brings these people into our lives, uh, that we could be able, with boldness and confidence and love, be able to tell them. The answer is in Jesus. The answer is in Jesus. It's not in your job. It's not in your relationship. It's, it's not in, in these things that you're putting your faith and trust in. It's in Jesus who will never leave you, who will never forsake you. And that's all we have to do. God does the rest. It's God that enters the heart. It's God that changes a person. It's God that redeems the individual. But he uses us. He uses us as his vessels. He uses us as his tools. John 9, 4, and I close with this. He said, Jesus says, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. We can't fool ourselves to think that we have tomorrow. We 
We can't fool ourselves to think that maybe in a year from now. We can't fool ourselves because life is a vapor. We are here one minute and then we're gone. And, and thank God for the time that we have. And thank God for the present that he's given us and, and the future that he's promised us. But the urgency of that scripture is, uh, is there's going to come a day. There's going to come a day when, when, when the Lord's going to return. He's returning for his people. And praise God, we're going to be caught up with him. And praise God, everything's going to be left behind that's just weighing us down, right? And the dramas and the sins and the junk that goes on in this world we're not going to have to deal with it no more praise god for that uh, heaven is our home uh, eternity that's been written in our heart we're going to finally experience it amen but you know what i want others to experience that as well i can't just keep that to myself i can't just say i got mine good luck with yours i want others to come to the saving knowledge of jesus christ this is the only thing it's the only thing we're going to be able to take with us or the individuals that we help uh, along the way and tonight church I, I, I I'm saying this with all sincerity because I'm also meant preaching to myself here is that I, I our time is limited our time is limited whether the Lord comes back tomorrow or a hundred years from now our time is limited because we don't know how much time we have been given and uh, I think uh, you know before Christ I wasted too much time and I don't want to be guilty of that in Christ amen Amen. Let's bow our heads tonight. Let's